Hello out there in the Pottoverse. Welcome to Weaver's Circle, the interview podcast for the Weave the Tale Twitch channel. I am your host, Spence, and on this show, we will be talking with the channel's game masters, casts of the game, and the designers of the games that are being played. Okay, in this episode of uh, Weaver's Circle, we are talking to the extremely talented and multifaceted person who is uh, GMing our Mora campaign and plays in several roles in Penny for a Tale's um, Age of Ashes campaign, Sam. Hello. Hi. How are you, my friend? Good, man. You make me sound cooler than I actually am. <laughs> you are so cool. Don't even. So, Sam. Yes. Hi. Hey. Um, for those of us who are not uh, lucky enough to know who you are and what you do, why don't you give us a quick rundown? Oh, man. I feel like I do a lot. Um, usually, I'm known as Scribble Dribble. I do all the social media management on um, Weave the Tail and Penny for a Tail, as well as a bunch of other places. Um I am putting together the channel trailers. I am doing all the community management. Um, yeah, just kind of if there's something going on, I probably am poking around at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little everywhere. That's awesome. And you're, uh, you also do art for the channels, um, which is pretty cool. You have done the logo for, for this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you forget that you just sent me that the other day? <laughs> Look too closely at it, guys. <laughs> oh, goodness, y'all. It's it's beautiful. It is better than I could hope for. Like, the, the little book in the middle of the circle has a clasp on it. That's how cool it is. <laughs> I'm in love with it. So, hush. <laughs> That's what I got to do to get to your heart is just put a little clasp on a book. Oh. Perfect. No, that that's for everybody else. You already have my heart. It's all good. Aww. Um, you've you've had my heart since uh, Passion de la Passion is uh, great game, guys. You need to check it out. <laughs> Valentine's Day coming up. Go play that game. Oh, that's what we should do for our uh, Happy Go Lucky one shot. Mm. We should play that game again. Yes. <laughs> Put Just it on with the tail this time. Get your Spanish soap opera on. By the way, anything that we are talking about are one-shots that are on the Penny for a Tale YouTube channel. If you go to the Penny for a Tale website, you can find the link to the YouTube channel. It's great. Anyway, so we're going to talk about uh, you. Uh, so how long have you been part of the RPG community and like what brought you into it? I've only been a part of the RPG community for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had kind of wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, um, and I thought I just didn't have the time to do it. And mm-hmm. I found a parents play Pathfinder group on Meetup, and I was like, "Well, what the hell? I'm just gonna go do this." I think Pathfinder sounds enough like Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'll just go for it. Um, and Mitchell Wallace was actually there. Um as part of the parent meetup and we just sort of hit it off. Um, He ran a cult one shot and I'm like, I absolutely loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. So then I ran a one shot of dread for the same group 
um, because the GM kind of gave us the challenge to like step into that seat. And the first time I GM'd, like I just was like, this is what I want to do. I want to GM games. I want to be like this sort of storyteller. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of a snowball. I just started working with Mitch on things. We um, were starting writing the Oakwood Heights 2 scenario. We um, And then he just kind of pulled me on Penny for a Tail. And it's kind of been a whirlwind of a ride. <laughs> and you bring that GM brain with, with so many little hints of... Um, consequences in everything that you do especially when you come in as an npc um to play in games and i love that i i think it's uh brilliant even if it makes my character need to leave a campaign <laughs> I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to harp on it, but. Oh, man. For those of you who don't know, I came in as an NPC of Phrasma, um, basically the goddess of death in the Pathfinder lore. Um, And I made Spence's character um, completely forget one of the people that she loved. Um, And anytime she looked at him, she would become sickened um, and just utterly could not stand to be in the same room as him. So, and and I didn't know that there was a relationship there. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, okay. It was a one-sided relationship. He never said that he loved her back. So that that's, uh, that's one point. But also I think the other point is that Phrasma was trying to teach Monica that she needed to let go. That's a whole other that that's like my side lore that will never see the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so but you you bring those things that have little threads um all throughout various games and you make such an impact no matter how many or how few episodes that you show up and I love that. Um so with Mora um I have the privilege of being a player in that game with you uh, or with you as the GM. So what about this game gets you excited? Um, so Mora itself is the system that they are creating. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's adaptable to any sort of genre, um, which is something that's exciting to me. Um It was originally designed for LARPs in mind Mm -hmm. um, as a way to sort of bring those um, into a um, more universal game system. Um, But I guess the most exciting part for me is that if you want to like pick up something um, and you have a story idea that you can adapt more to it. Um, And so like, for instance, like um, Ravenswood, is that sort of Hogwarts-esque magical thing for, you know, those of us that never got to live out our Hogwarts dream, never got our letters. Um, Sad day. Um, So I'm excited to bring that into like a college sort of setting. Um, So yeah, I just, I'm excited about how adaptable it is and Mm -hmm. using it for different like ideas of stories that I have in my head that there isn't a system for. Now there is a system for it. I also like that there is a um, ability to regroup with the players and say, hey, let's hit the writer's room 
I want to set up this scene. Love the um, writer's I, yeah. I love that feature. I can't wait to see it played out. Um, so tell us a little bit about Ravenswood Academy. Yes. Um, so Ravenswood Academy is one of the um, genres that has been created. Um, it will be in the core rulebook that for their Kickstarter that's coming out um, either in March or April. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, it is in this sort of pocket dimension. Um, it is a collegiate, sort of the best of the best school with these various houses that do not get along with one another. They all have their sort of patron deities that and the old gods um, that are sort of vicariously fighting through the students. Mm-hmm. Um So it is sort of the darker side of magic. Um, It's definitely not that um, happy. I mean, Harry Potter was not happy near the end, but it's -hmm. it's not that sort of whimsical um, fairy tale type magic. It's definitely the darker sort of aspect of it. Um, For those of you who who know the the show, The Magicians, uh, it sounds very similar to that. It is definitely similar to that. Um, But again, it's sort of um, a sandbox, which is really exciting to me because there's nothing that's sort of set in stone about it. We are essentially creating our own Ravenswood Academy. We're creating our own um, like coterie within it. So we're not kind of bound by an AP or by anything. We're able to create our own history for it. So, so far, not everybody has um, really uh, has finalized their characters, but we have at least three of our, our players um, have uh, all decided that we're kind of like the breakfast club. We're all miscreants in our own way, even though we're all in different houses. And then at the end of our session zero, we all decided that we were cousins. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> it's going to be so good. But they're like the like cousins to like the popular kid that sort of exemplifies what the house is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, you guys are hitting it out of the park. I'm just excited for what you guys are going to do with this. Oh, yeah. We've already got uh, one that's set up a black market, one that is uh, making some jungle juice, uh, and one that has uh, a kind of a Hagrid vibe of acquiring um, critters that may or may not be safe for the uh, for the environment or for the for the university. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And that's like the great thing about the writer's room um, is that you guys are able to come together before the scene or during a scene. Um, they have a thing where you could say, um, what's my line um, as an aspect of the Morris system so that you could kind of take a side um, and decide what you're going to do, which is something that has been difficult for me in RPGs is that I have all these ideas in my head of things I want to say, and then it's my turn and they go out the window. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards I think of, Oh, I could have said this, I could have said that. And it would have made the scene so much more cooler. Um, This kind of 
helps with that in a way is that, oh, I'm going to take an absolute couple of minutes together with everyone where we can actually figure out how we want this scene to go. Yeah. And so you get a much more dramatic, well, your mom was an Oliphant instead of, well, your mother and, you know, something a little more effective uh, can be created there. But I think we all have that moment of performance anxiety where we get in the moment and we forget anything and everything that we could have possibly said. Mm -hmm. And then we visit it back because I do that all the time. I know. I seriously like have arguments all the time in my head. Either I'm doing the dishes or I'm in the shower and I'm like winning all these arguments against other people that have never happened or had happened. And I'm like, actually, I won that argument because now I'm thinking about all the things I could have said. Yeah. So I like, so, yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if you're doing this while you're driving, I know you have, uh, you, you spoke earlier about being parent. I know you got two little ones. Do they start to take on the characters of that you're fighting if you start having the, those arguments kind of out loud? Um, would that be interesting to you? Because I think that was hilarious. That would be scary to me. My oldest is very good at arguing. Um, but we, I have um, some TTRPGs that I play with her um, that are oh, more nice. towards kids. Um Hero Kids being one of them. Um, another one. There's another one that I can't think of the name right now. I think it's Fantasy Worlds. Mm-hmm. But she gets so into that imaginative play aspect. And that's, you know, something that's so great about RPGs is that we, everyone has done this. Everyone as a kid has had those imaginative games where we role played out different characters. Mm-hmm. Um and so then as adults, we're kind of like tapping back into that. And so I get so many ideas from my daughters. Like I'll be, if I'm stuck on a scene, I will present it to her and she will give me the best ideas of like what I can do for this scene. Even if I'm doing horror, she's like, oh, you, you could do, this is the bad guy. This could be like the big thing. I'm like, you are a genius. Like I never would have oh thought of that. So if you're ever stuck, just go ask a kid and they will help you out. (laughs) So that's really cool. And I don't get to talk to too many parents who are bringing their kids into RPGs. Um, So what I I know that we're going to have some parents who are listening to this. um, And so role playing is, like you said, that this magical ability to tap into our childhood and to have make believe again. Mm hmm. Are there games that you would recommend for um, for parents that you've been that you've been testing out? I mean, your kids are younger, so yes, um, and definitely just don't think that you're going to have to go by the rules. My, I tried going with Pathfinder um, and sort of making that own little version. Or they have they actually have D and D for kids. Um, if you um, they have actual scenarios that are meant for kids and simplified um, sort of um, character sheets for them. Um, But it's just as simple as grabbing the dolls with them and just playing with them. It doesn't have to be anything that's set up. But yeah, I I would definitely recommend Hero Kids. Um, No Thank You Evil is a good one too. Um, (laughs) I love the name. 
It's great. Um, it uses the cipher system. Um, so it's, uh, you you know, you're getting math in with it. You're getting um, just everything. And as someone that homeschools, like using TTRPGs is like such an amazing way to like, oh, we're actually doing school, um, but you just don't know it because you think that you're a fairy right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. And I could see that working for so many different um, things like you could have a science experiment that you work into it or a spelling uh, puzzle or something like that. The, you know, my GM brain is going, what could I teach in, in an RPG? And and yeah, like you said, it's limitless. It Yeah, it really is. Um, they even have like My Little Pony, like you're able to find things that people have written online and put out there for anything that like your kids are interested in. Oh, yeah. Um, and there are so many games that are just like, like Mora, they are rules mm-hmm. and you whatever setting around it. Um, and again, you said, you know, sometimes it's just taking up the dolls and yeah. saying, okay, this doll is, is a warrior. This doll is a healer. This doll is a mage, you know, getting very simple yeah. and, and go from there. They just go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Now you also specialize for the channel in telling short, telling stories in very short blurbs in the form of our trailers um, that you have been, I've seen your progression of more and more complicated uh, production and it's fantastic <laughs> to watch. Um, when did you start getting into making trailers? Um, last season charlie um who used to be on the channel she's amazing um needed a break and so i said i would take one of the channels from her i would do the channel trailer for encounter roleplay then um for the schedule and Mm -hmm. after that i was like oh man this is this is so fun this is something you know just another sort of creative outlet And so really, I started just a couple months ago, and I have just been doing it every day since um, for our Pathfinder campaign on Penny for a Tale. I just have fun putting together short little um, teaser trailers for the various episodes if I'm feeling inspired, and you can find those on YouTube or on Reddit. Um, But really, yeah, it's just one of those kind of fun creative outlets where you get to visually see um, sort of what you are getting yourself into, um, but you're not revealing too much. So it's sort of that cat and mouse, like, ooh, what can I put in to like pique their interest, but not too much that they know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's that is a difficult uh, balancing act, and you you have been doing it so well from the beginning, and I just see the production value growing over time. I think it's fantastic. Do you have one of your trailers that st- that stands out to you? Like that's my baby. I did that. Um, I I mean, the Great American Witch. Um, that airs on Monday, um, the fifteenth. That mm-hmm. one is going to be pretty cool. They're badass biker chicks um, in sort of off Route 66, um, Route mm-hmm. 666. That one is going to be pretty damn cool. And I mean, they're all going to be pretty cool, but I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, I and this will air after the 15th, so I will make sure to put a link 
um, in the show notes for that so they could check out your amazing work. Um, are you GMing any other campaigns right now? Um, I am finishing up a beginner Pathfinder campaign um, that I've been running for the past five sessions that sort of introduced um, some new players to the world of Pathfinder. Um, I will have Mora, of course. Um, other than that, I'm kind of taking a break from GMing a little mm-hmm. bit, um, just to focus more on the community building and everyone else's um, things. I will be teching shows, so I'm just going to kind of take a step back and go more behind the scenes, but I'll probably throw some one shots out there. Nice. And we've done a couple of one shots together. Is there a one shot that you are looking forward to that you want to like poke people about? Mm, I mean, I am all about any sort of, I am doing um, a one-shot of Quietus on <gasps> Colonomicon's channel. Um, yeah, the Anne was telling me about that one. Oh, I'm so excited for that. It sounds so intimate with only two players in the GM, and I'm fully expecting to die, but I am all for the horror that is going to be happening. So I'm really excited for that one. Nice. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to um, Thirsty Sword Lesbians coming out. Mm. Um, yes, I've told I've told Mitchell I want in on that game because uh, <laughs> he says he's going to run it. Oh so. man! But I just got confirmation that I will be getting a hardcover. Um, I think in April is when they said. That's exciting because the art for that was so cute. It's so good. It's so it's, good. it's very Steven Universe esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it. Um, so where can people find you on the internet? Um, I lurk under various names on the internet, um, but mostly Scribbling Penny um, on Twitch, on Twitter. Um, it's the same. Um, but I'm just sort of behind the guise of everyone else's social media accounts. So if you see tweets from Penny for a Tale or Weave the Tale, usually I'm doing those. Um <laughs> I just like to lurk places. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and we will catch you all next time. Thank you to our guest for joining me for this episode of Weaver's Circle. Be sure to check out their social media links in the show notes and tune in live for their game. Weaver's Circle is mixed and produced by Spence of ResonantMoon.com. Weaver's Circle is owned by Weave the Tail Gaming Channel and its parent company, Penny for a Tail, LLC. You can reach out to the podcast and find out more about our games at PennyForAtail.com. Music in our intro and outro is Fearless First by Kevin McLeod, used with permission. Weaver's Circle is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, for international license. You can download it and share it, just don't change it or sell it. Remember, today is a good day to roll some dice. Thank you for listening.